This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. It's now a competition between Darren and myself on who's actually doing Christmas quicker. I, I got today one Christmas album on CD through the post, four more arriving, three more Christmas films. I ordered three Christmas candles while we were out sitting in the office, which you'll like, actually. Really nice from a company called Stone Glow. They've got little houses in the gel candle. Beautiful, beautiful. So we ordered three of those. I promised the producer one of them. Well, I mean, that kept him sweet. He's not getting one at all. By the time they arrive, I should be spiriting those off home very quickly. Anyway, Christmas is but around the... You can tell it's getting Christmassy because it's getting colder. And the swans have arrived in Kingston. They're all over the place. But it is bitterly cold this morning. Sitting's good for you. Which is just as well because that's what I'm going to be doing for the next two and a half hours. Don't bother with a hover as well this morning. You know these little scooter things you've seen around? You've seen Lily Allen on them. You've seen loads of people. And they have a name as well. There's the hover. And we had one in the building the other. Some people were really brilliant on it. I, would, I didn't even want to go on it in case I fell off. And they've got the one with the pole up the middle. And I can't remember what that one's called. But they, they banned them. You can't use them on the pavements. You can't use them on the roads. It is now illegal. Officially from today. Use them on private land. But if you use them on, uh, on public land, you're in big trouble. Now, whether or not that means you can't use them in car parks, because I reckon that loads of kids are going to get them for Christmas and loads of parents have bought them already. And I've seen people going along, but I don't know what those ones with the big pole up the middle are called, where you balance. So you've got the two wheels and then the pole which you hang on to. On the other one, there's no pole up the middle. And, um, but they've just made them illegal. So, in other words, you can't use them anywhere unless it's on your own private land. And the only reason I mention that to you is because I wouldn't want you to go out there today with the kids and think it's all great and you can do it and not get nicked. There's a very good chance you will get nicked and they could confiscate it. So, be warned. Be warned. I do love watching the Interceptor programme. I can't help it. I'm strangely addicted. When I wake up in the morning, I'm having a shave and a cup of coffee. And, and I watch these people who blatantly are just liars. So the police stopped them the other day. So they stopped this car because it's something's not right about it. They don't know what it is, but it's not quite right. It's coming up as no insurance. So, um, so as usual, driven by one of life's low lifes, and he gets out of the car. Yeah, mate. Now he's doing all this kind of big wide boy kind of talk because he thinks he's like really clever. So the police say uh, we stopped you because it's not showing us any insurance. How they keep their temper, I'll never know. But they, so the bloke goes, "Yeah, I've only just bought it." It's amazing how many people just buy cars and then drive them out on the road. And um, he said, "I've just bought it." Then he contradicted himself and said that because he worked in a garage, the insurance covered him for every car. And they said, "But this is your private car." Yeah. Well, it's not covered by the garage insurance, then, is it? So that's the first lie. Uh, second lie was, oh, right, so it's your... No, my brother. It's my brother's car. Oh, right. Are you driving it with his permission? Uh, yeah. Do you have a full licence? Yeah, 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 yeah. OK. Uh, let's have a check. You don't have a full licence, do you? You've only got a, um, a provisional licence. That's not a full licence. These people must think the police are stupid. They stand there and they blatantly lie. And they go, so you haven't actually got a licence, which means you haven't got any insurance. So what we're doing is I'm seizing the car. Uh, luckily, the bloke decided not to come back for it. Quite clearly working on the assumption he can go and buy another one from somewhere and be driving out on the road. And yet I've never known a garage actually sell a car to somebody. Well, a reputable garage, unless they've seen the insurance. I couldn't go and buy one of my cars and drive it out the gate. They want to see the insurance before they hand over the keys 
They were, just in case I drive out the garage, reverse into a truck or something, and write the car off, and uh, I've got no insurance. So we don't want to do that. So I always make sure that my insurance is up to date, the tax is up to date, everything's up to date. I'm terrib- I've got to be legal. You just can't afford not to be in this day and age. And that's why I never understand in a million years in London why anybody with half a brain cell would ever get into one of these illegal tricycle things. Driven by people who are illegal, people who don't pay tax, drug dealers, they're dangerous. And people risk their lives. If you have an accident in one of these, whose insurance will you be bouncing off? Not theirs. They don't have insurance. They just arrive and they start driving them around. Have you seen the money they're raking in? Why has the tax man not got involved? It's ridiculous. Perhaps they're avoiding the, uh, avoiding the tax as well. Perhaps they're sort of going offshore. They must be because they're always full. Hello, one stopped me the other day on Sunday. I thought, do I look like the sort of peasant who's going to climb into the back of one of these rickshaws? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Shirley Bassey could be bidding for her first Christmas number one. Yeah. Having told me that she wouldn't be singing again that I knew that uh, our Sherl could not let us down, and so she could, with Blake, be back in the charts for Christmas. I like that idea a lot. Uh, The Halloween outfits on sale, dangerous. We'll tell you where the dangerous ones are so you can avoid, because some of these go up in less than two seconds. Two seconds, and these things just go... Because they're, they're very diaphanous, they're made of not fire-retardant materials or anything. That's why they're so cheap. And parents, unfortunately, see cost rather than safety. And diaphanous. Do you, not, do you like diaphanous? Ding, ding, ding. We ring the bell on diaphanous. I think we should have a bell in the studio. Diaphanous. Yeah, it means see-through. Sort of like um, diaphanous 90s. I've never quite seen the point of a diaphanous 90. 90. <laughs> I've never actually seen the point of 90s full stop. Although I've got a rather nice off-the-shoulder one, which is three-quarter length. But that's my business. What I do when I go home from here and call me Shirley is my business. I don't care what anybody says. But diaphanous, the word of the day. We should have a little bell in the studio, shouldn't we, that rings out. That's the sort of thing Nick Abbott would do. Nick Abbott would go, what's that word again? Diaphanous. I love listening to Nick. I love Nick. Although yesterday I found myself listening to James O'Brien. And he was talking about foxes. Now, of course, if you live in town, uh, not necessarily the country where you probably don't see as many foxes as we see in town. I see them daylight. Daylight strolling through Leicester Square. I've seen them strolling through Leicester Square. I've been standing at the bus stop and one has walked past in front of me. Couldn't get the phone out quick enough to try and take a picture. They have no fear of humans because there's so much food around. It's all this junk food that comes from places and people drop it on the ground. People are sick. They eat that. Anything. They don't care. And uh, he was talking about one particular borough. I think it was Hackney. Who, who were trying to cull them. Uh, well, dear me, that provoked all sorts of outrage from people, some of whom were just pretending to be outraged and some who might have been genuinely outraged that we were going to kill another one of God's creatures. And I, did, I agreed with everybody because we have foxes round where I am. In fact, at the back of our car park, they leap up, on, up onto the car, up onto a very high wall, and then they go to their den, which is sort of on the, uh, on the top of somebody else's building. And um, I have walked round the corner before now and been confronted by a fox. I find it quite frightening. I have gone, (laughs) not sure if I'm doing that for me or for them. And uh, he was talking about culling them. And there's a woman down in Dorset, I think, who seemed to get up a a petition about we mustn't kill them. And I thought, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, Let's round them all up and take them down to her place. Let her live with them. 
And, um, and so they had all sorts of people complaining bitterly. You can't kill foxes. Foxes are God's creatures. Foxes are, you know, they're nice. Foxes are this and that. And I was sort of thinking, you know, it must be nice when you love everything. And yet they can be so venomous towards another human being. Because that's what it was. They would say, you're so wrong. How can you ever advocate killing a fox? And to be honest with you, there are certain religions in the world where they won't even tread on an ant. They literally brush them out of their way. Well, I have to be honest, I have killed quite a few ants in my time. I don't want you to think I'm some sort of serial ant murderer, you know, and I've killed slugs as well, because I refuse to buy plants, put them in a pot, and then have them eaten by slugs. And at the moment, I don't know where these slugs come. They must, they must be at it like rabbits. Seriously, I've never seen so many slugs. I came out the other day and we'd had a, a light dew, a light, a light diaphanous dew that was, uh, that was all over the, uh, the patio. And, uh, and all I could see was little, little trails where all these... And there were little tiny ones and big fat ones. And I thought, that's what brings them out. It's the water. And I used to go around years ago with a pair of chopsticks and pick them up and drop them into a little plastic bag and then drop them in the rubbish. Because I thought, I don't want them because they're just eating everything. Then I bought little pellets because they hide under the pots. And then I thought, I've got like an epidemic at the moment. I've seriously never seen so many slugs. And I'm wrecking, you know, reckoning, there's about a hundred of them. They could gang up on me or something like that. I could be dragged out through the front door letterbox. They could drag me out there and just sort of, and eat me slowly. Which actually I quite like the sound of, actually. I think that's quite a nice idea. Slugs all over you. I can't bear them. It's this, it's this sticky trail that they, they make underneath. I don't do sticky, as you can well imagine. I'm not that kind of person. I don't, I don't like that sort of thing. But you can see them. You can see where they've moved. And they seem to move fairly fast. I picked up one the other day, not with my bare hands. You know, I had, had a plastic bag and I put it. Oof, horrid. horrid. I don't know how birds can eat the things, but they, but they seem to. And uh, so I've, I've now got a, a death wish on slugs. Actually, on most things like that, I'm not I'm just not very good with anything that's going to destroy something that I bought. We had a thing one year. We had what was it, leaf-eating bees or something, and they, they would say, you could always see where they'd been because they'd sort of taken big, big chunks out. But uh, anyway, so that that was sort of yesterday, and I, I quite like that. It was interesting listening to James O'Brien. He uses if you think diaphanous is a big word, you want to hear what James O'Brien uses? He uses words I've never even heard. I don't even know what they mean. I think he comes in here and he swallows a thesaurus in between going on air, and then he uses this big word, so people go, what's that? Because I don't know what it is. Perhaps you learn this if, if you've been on television a couple of times, uh, and, and, they, and they give you a big word to say, because I can't do big words. I make no, no bones about it. I left school at 15, and uh, not done too badly. <coughs> I always say to myself, you know, don't necessarily have to have a decent education, but uh, I think I had a very good education. It's just I couldn't be bothered with exams. thought it was ghastly. Uh, Tesco are going to tag wire baskets. So many of you are thieving them. I bet there's people listening to who've thieved wire baskets. Dreadful. It really is. All for the sake of 5p. How tight do you have to be? Um... The ship that sank France is found buried in the mud in an English river. I told you about this yesterday. It's down near uh, Southampton and it's in the mud. The mud is holding it together and that's what's so brilliant about it. It had 200 crew members on it and it was a ship from Henry V. That's Henry V. Oh, what did I hear the other day? Oh, we, went, we went through Covent Garden. It's only because I'm just reminded of this. And, uh, and the guy was doing, uh, he was doing a magic act. Cups and balls. I love cups and balls. And... Um, and he was doing, he said, I can do this in any language, in French, en deux trois. In, uh, in, what did he do? He did German, eins, zwei, drei. Then he did in Italian, unos, dos, tres. And he said, and in Roman, one, 
11111. Which I thought was quite good, actually. That's my only joke for this morning. Well, the rest of the programme will be reasonably funny, but we're not actually committed to doing jokes at all. We're just here to entertain you, hopefully between now... And there's no charge for this. Some programmes charge. We, we don't charge. You don't have to put money in a metre next to the radio. You just get this programme for free. We'll go through the papers. We'll take your texts and emails. What are we not taking this morning? Is it tweets? We think the, the tweet machine has sort of blown a gasket or something, but the rest of it's working. And we celebrate uh, Cliff Richard's 75th birthday. All of that and more on LBC. Such a good chat during the break about Christmas. Anyway, as it's been suggested, an 87-year-old driver was killed in a crash driving the wrong way on the motorway. Are older drivers a liability? And should they be banned? That's what Nick's going to be talking about this morning. Well, the simple answer is, I'm assuming, that you should have to have a retest. Because there are certain people who are driving on the roads who are driving never having taken a test. And I think it's people over... I can't remember what year the test came in. So there were lots of people who were given licences, but they've never, ever taken a test. Labour's deputy leader, Tom Watson, refuses to apologise over the Lord Britain claims. Is he right not to say sorry? It's funny, actually, he didn't... He hasn't apologised over Lord Britain and yet went very quiet on uh, a relative of his who's just been committed to prison for interfering with scouts and cubs. Uh, And would an EU exit make the UK a magnet for fugitives? Well, I think it is already, isn't it? We hear from a former top cop who thinks so. Stanley Johnson, journalist, author, environmentalist and Boris Johnson's father. Is going to be looking at the papers for today. Uh, I spent the uh, evening... Yesterday, says Brigitte, celebrating Cliff Richard's 75th birthday. 75th at the Royal Albert Hall. I've been to Cliff concerts all my life, and this was right up with the, with the best of me. You can still sing and dance, pretty fantastic all round. Always will be my idol. Yeah, the, uh, the Cliff fans out in force for him. I mean, they just absolutely love him. They just absolutely love him. They, uh, they followed him for, well, for all of his career. And uh, what a career, 75. We had a long chat about this the other day on the programme when we were trying to work out, we we were working out how much money you would need to survive for the rest of your life. And 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 I I said it comes down to uh, how long you think you're going to live. Well, in Cliff Richards' uh, case, he probably can't have ever imagined that at the age of 75, he'd still be up there singing and dancing and celebrating his birthday with his fans. Because you don't know that, do you? When you, when you come into the world, you've got... Sorry I'm, sorry, I'm hitting the screen. It makes it sound I'm being a bit violent this morning. It's only because I've lost my little thing. Oh, there it is. Come back again. I've got a little arrow on the screen, and sometimes it just vanishes. It's like then when I'm watching my, my screen at home during the daytime. Sometimes you try and flip to something else, another video or something like that, and, and, and the mouse jams... And you're stuck on the same video and it just go it just drives me insane. I wish there was an answer to it. So sometimes if if I've actually got stuck on a page, I've had to you look panicky. I've had to um turn the computer off and then reboot it again. But then every time you reboot it, I've got to remember all the blasted passwords. And somebody said to me, Why don't you just keep the same password? Well, at work we have to change them every three months, I think. Well, I've run out of rude words. I don't know any more rude words. I've had to start adding numbers onto the end of the, the, end, the, end of the rude word. But uh, So somewhere in this building, there must be a list, I should imagine, of everybody's passwords so that they, they can access things. They can have a field day with mine. I mean, you could be into HR immediately, within a matter of seconds. But uh, that's why I find it confusing. And I've got lots of bits of paper at home with different passwords. Every time you go to eBay, put in your password. Every time you go to Joe Loves, put in your password. Every time you go to... 
you know, any of the magic sites I go to, put in your password. And I think, oh, I can't remember what it is. So I've had to start writing them down. If I go to Camelot, I need two passwords. If I go to pay my VAT, that's two horrendously long passwords. And if you manage to miss time out, you've got to start all over again. So I, I try not to do uh, things that are too complicated. I like to make it a lot easier. Oh, the wheels with the pole in the middle, says Mark, is a segue. You know these things where you, where you ban... I mean, they look great, but I, I, I think of a certain age, you shouldn't bother with them. Those in the hover, banned for use on the roads or on the pavements. And if you're seen by the police, they will stop you and you will be fined. And they might even confiscate, as if, as if they haven't got enough to do. But that, that, that's, the, uh, that's the dangerous things. Did you hear Darren's last caller? KFC shouldn't sell poppies if they don't want staff to wear them at work. Oh, oh yes, this is the KFC story. I, I read about this earlier on. Um, to be honest with you, I've never heard of KFC selling poppies. I know that we do poppies here. It seems an odd place, doesn't it? KFC. They do them in McDonald's. They do them in Burger King. They do them in Marks. Marks and Spencers do metal poppies. But they're Marks and Spencers and they say so much out of each one goes to the charity. I only like buying if it's produced by the British Legion. I'm a bit old fashioned. And uh, when are you going to get your wine from, Steve? Is it um, Marks and Spence and Costco? Can't sell it in case the staff drink at work. Oh, I'd buy all my uh, booze at Marks and Spencers and Costco. In fact, actually, I bought two cases of Prosecco the other day from Costco in between. And then I nipped back yesterday just to go and buy a box of Christmas cards because they do beautiful handmade Christmas cards. 30 in a box, which is about enough because I send out those Jackie Lawson e-cards, which are beautiful. If you've never seen them, check them out online, the Jackie Lawson ones. And I did promise to tell you about this Christmas. I ordered three Christmas candles this morning, being a complete nut for Christmas and liking to deck the halls with. And I couldn't remember the name of the company. And it's Stone Glow candles. And surprisingly, they're based in Romford. Not exactly the place you would think of, is it really, where they go, and where do the candles come from? And they go, Romford. You go, Romford, really? Because I know Romford quite well. In fact, I know Romford very, very well. And uh, so it's Stone Glow, and they do a snow scene, winter wonderland, fishbowl, non-fragrance gel candle. It's ever so pretty. And for Christmas... I think because you know me, I, I, I buy all sorts. I bought, I bought Christmas lights in our garden centre squires the other day, which are battery operated. I think there's about 300 of them on this string for about 40 quid. And you put four big D cell batteries in and uh, they last for about 50 hours and they'll turn themselves on. And they look really pretty. I think if you've got uh, if you've got a bush outside, you know, it's quite, quite nice to drape, isn't it? You know, some lights over your bush. And if you've got, you know, perhaps if you've got, you know, front and back bushes, well, then you can have two sets of lights. And that's nice. I, I like the people who, who decorate their um, trees. I quite like that when they wind lights up there. We've got a hotel right next to us here in Leicester Square. And the whole front of the outside is like a, is like a show with all the lights twinkling and flashing. And I love things like that. That's why I like the Americans. The Americans do fantastic Christmas lights. Much better. I've got a book at home somebody bought me for Christmas, uh, which has got decorated houses in America and some of them if you go to YouTube they do them synchronized to music and one of the groups they use a lot is the Trans-Siberian Express I think they're a Canadian rock group and they do this piece of music which goes so well with Christmas lights and I think the Trans-Siberian Express are all over YouTube well, they cer certainly were when I last looked as I say I'm constantly discovering new videos on YouTube, constantly discovering new things to discover, like I was yesterday. Uh, here's something humane way of eliminating slugs around your plants. Apparently easy to make with a 9-volt battery and wire. I don't want to electrocute them. 
I think that's right. I don't sort of, you know, all of a sudden the things to be sort of lighting up in the garden. Every so often you, it's like, have you seen those things in shops? I, I had one for home um, and it's it's bright purple lights. But when the fly or whatever it is flies into it, it goes like that. Well, I mean, one year I was sitting there. All I could hear from the kitchen was and used to think these poor little things. They've been so attracted by the light and then and then they've ended their life frazzled. Nothing at all. Or, mind you, better they end up frazzled and it's a quick exit than when you go outside at this time of year, spiders' webs everywhere. And what do the spiders do? They sit there waiting till some poor... And they're always under lights. Always under lights. And they, they sit there waiting and then some poor little thing will hit the web and then it's stuck and the spider rushes down really fast. It's like, wow, quick. And they wrap it up. And so it's like it's cocooned. And then they save it as... It's like a little larder. You save it for later if you want to eat this. I mean, it must be a frightening experience, mustn't it? I don't like that idea at all. Wrapping something up and saving it to eat for later. Ooh, horrid. Not nice at all. So uh, I'm not sure about the 9-volt battery and wire. I couldn't, I couldn't really electrocute slugs. I don't think that's, uh, that's really fair. I mean, it's not that I, I, I harbour any, any sort of real hatred against them. I just don't want them to live in my pots. I don't mind them living in somebody else's pots. Uh, the word you were looking for is a segue. The man who created them died on one, says Ruth. I've always wanted one. In fact, I'm, just, I'm quite glad they banned them because I would have bought one or one of the little hover things uh, because I just thought it looked fun. And I suddenly realised I'm surrounded in this building by people under the age of 30. Lots of people under the age of 30. So, of course, they look on me as sort of, sort of a kindly old past his sell-by date grandfather kind of figure, which is very sweet. But there's no way that I could ever get on one of these Segway things. It's just not for people like me. I was bad enough on roller skates. I used to have roller skates. I used to love it. And ice skates. And I stupidly, misguidedly, don't ask me ever why. I thought to myself, I'll go ice skate. When I went to Austria a few years ago, I thought, I'll go ice skating. Well, it's exhausting. And I suddenly realised that the standing up process is actually quite difficult. Not only quite difficult, but it, turning corners was fairly complicated as well. And so I didn't really do very well turning corners. I didn't do very well... Actually, on ice skates at all. And when you take them off, adjusting to walking is very complicated. It's a little bit like being... Uh, it's a bit like being on a ship. When you dock, you've been on, you're so used to sort of moving about. When you, when you put your feet on terra firma, it's a very odd effect. Very, very odd effect. And, uh, and so that... But the ice skating thing... God, I thought I'd be really good until I went... We all went out one day for my goddaughter's birthday. I think when she was about 13 or 14. And all her friends, they all ice skate. And there's always one clever clogs, isn't there, on the ice rink, who can skate backwards and weave in. And I think, when do you get to that state? When do you get to that state where it just sort of clicked? And I've had no end of offers from very, very kind teachers over the years. I've been on LBC saying, I'll teach you to ice skate, Steve. And I always think, oh, are you sure? I've watched them on Dancing on Ice. And I was so glad when that stopped, because I used to feel quite ill by the end of the programme. Steve Allen on LBC. Why is it people never remember? If you go onto a train and you verbally abuse somebody, the chances are they've got a lovely clear picture of you. And uh, and they record them on the trains, on everywhere. There is, you cannot move in this building for CCTV cameras. I can be tracked from the moment I walk through the front door, even outside the front door. Uh, I can be tracked. They can tell me where I am at any one particular time because I've got to go through doors, use my pass, and there's cameras everywhere. In this studio, there are one... Oh, there's only one here. 
There's only one camera in the corner, but they, they can monitor me. So if I leave the studio and go outside, they can follow me. Police are now looking for three, uh, four West Ham fans after a Jewish man was subjected to anti-Semitic uh, chanting. And they're all quite clearly visible. They'd have to be the stupidest people in the world, wouldn't they? You know, here they all are, clearly visible, very clearly identifiable. And somebody, somewhere, is going to be phoning the police today and saying, I can tell you who all of those people are. I can tell you who all of them are. And then they're going to have to defend themselves. And they'll go to court. And as I say, it it follows a a well-trodden path. In exactly the same way that in the paper today, there is a British granddad. Um... He's, uh, he's due to have lashes. I think he's going to be publicly flogged. Uh, he spent more than a year in jail and he's facing the prospect of 350 lashes. Now, whilst I absolutely abhor anything that they do in Saudi, I mean, justice over there um, involves beheading by sword, firing squad, crucifixions. This is for rape. Murder, blasphemy, treason, repeated drug use, homosexuality, witchcraft and sorcery. You know the way that homosexuality... Like there's nobody in Saudi who's gay. Nobody in Saudi who's gay. Really? It's the only place you'll go to. You see men walking around holding hands quite openly. That's not gay, though. Not gay. And apparently the recent ISIS guide to law and order advocates similar punishment for these crimes. Apparently homosexuality is a crime. Unbelievable, isn't it? There's more whoopsies over there than you can probably find anywhere else. The Saudis and ISIS also both call for stoning all lashes for adultery. ISIS insists on 80 lashes for drinking alcohol, but apparently it's okay to have sex with children under the age of 13. They seem to think that's quite normal. Uh, There are no jury trials in Saudi. It's just decided by people who go to the police and then they they make things up a lot of the time. So this bloke is going to be publicly flogged. He's very old. He's 74. And uh, his children are begging David Cameron to intervene. It'll be very interesting, won't it? We've we've tried to intervene before in Saudi and the government are like whoopsies. They don't do anything at all. was, uh, Was that man the other day crucified and then beheaded? What did he do? He wrote something on Twitter. Dear God, you wouldn't want to go there, would you? You really wouldn't. Anyway, this man needs medical care. Um, he's had cancer three times. Now, whilst all of this is something that could go in mitigating circumstances, they couldn't care less. They're not remotely interested. You know, the embassy staff over there will do their best, but their hands are tied because you're dealing with a regime that is totally out of control. Totally out of control. And 350 lashes could kill this man. However, I have to say, he knows the law over there. The law is no homemade wine. And he had, apparently, I think, uh, some homemade wine in the boot of his car. Well, it's against, it's like, you know, if they say do not take cocaine and you take cocaine, you've broken the law. I'm quite sure. I mean, being the backward country, I think they are. Loads of money, of course. But their, their, their uh, actions and their human rights issues are just absolutely appalling. When you look at this man, he's 74, he's going to be publicly flogged for having a bit of wine. Are you telling me that nobody in Saudi boozes? <laughs> Hello, come over here to the Edgware Road. Come here to the Edgware Road. You want to see people boozing and completely off their trolleys? Edgware Road would be the place for you. Edgware Road. But of course, when you go back home, you don't do it. So they do it here. Where did the majority of prostitutes operate in London? The Edgware Road. You cannot move in phone boxes for prostitutes. I'm not saying they're in the phone boxes, but their cards would be quite busy, wouldn't it, really, if they were actually operating in the phone boxes. Uh, Mike is in Lincolnshire. Now, there's a cheap place to buy property. There is a place to buy property. You can get a lot of property for not very much money. 
And uh, he says, I really enjoy your in-conversations. You say you've never had a bad interview, and I agree. I don't have bad interviews because they're not interviews. That's why it's called conversation. They are, they're chats. They're chats. And it's, it's only if you're asking hard and fast questions, you know, saying, so why did you do this? Why did this happen in your life? Did you take drugs? Did you, you know, and that, that's the kind of thing that people then, they, they retaliate badly. And if they've had a bad experience on somebody else's chat show, I like to make sure that they have a good experience here. It's not in my best interest to embarrass anybody or to shout at them or to criticise them or to do anything else at all. I only have people on the programme that I want to talk to. I don't think I've ever had anybody else. Well, there's one person I, I wasn't, wasn't particularly wild about. He turned out to be OK. You don't have to be a fan. He was, he was OK. And, um, and apart from that, I've had, I've had good people, really good people. And so Mike says, that's why it is. He said, it's just like two friends chatting at the next table. Well, that's what it's supposed to be like. You're supposed to feel as if you've just sort of dropped into a conversation between two people who know each other really well. In some cases, I do know them really well. In, uh, in many cases, I, I don't know them at all, but I know of them. And that's, that's enough to get a conversation out. So when you get stuff out on Steve Coogan, because he's got his autobiography out, and you go through the internet, my God, there's d- drawfuls, millions and millions of pages of things about Steve Coogan. And what you have to do is try and dissect it all and then find the bits that you think uh, they're going to be talking about. You know we're going to have to talk about Alan Partridge. You know we're going to have to talk about Philomena. You know we're going to have to talk about his impressions, because that's how he started. And he's very successful. It's also his birthday tomorrow, so we'll be doing his birthday as well. And there will be the question, you know, so you've got a birthday now. Now you've moved into the, into the next phase of your life. How do you think it's going? That'll be the sort of thing I actually talk about. And that's why you always get good interviews. You don't get bad interviews. They're, they're here for a reason. They're here to promote their, their books or, or whatever it happens to be. And that's why you don't, you don't get bad interviews. You, get, you, you might get them sometimes on sort of an off day where they go, oh, I just really don't want to do another interview. Because it must be boring for them as well. You've, got, you've, you've done the book. Then you have to sort of go out and, um, and start talking about it. So it's, I mean, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's a bit difficult sometimes, but I've never had any, any problems with them. I always maintained I can, I can actually talk to anybody. I can get half an hour to an hour out of just about anybody. I don't think there'd be any problem with actually getting, you know, so half an hour is actually a bit, a bit of a doddle for me. Uh, have you ever watched Hunted, says Ian? No, it didn't appeal to me in the slightest. Is this where a lot of people disappear and they've got to... Uh, I didn't want to watch that. It didn't... I don't know why. It just didn't, didn't interest me at all. I watched a Christmas film yesterday, um, which I loved. <laughs> and it was the one with Mr Scrooge in. And it, but it's a very early one. It was a very early one. It was the one that featured the boy in this one who was in the... Um, um, oh, I can't remember the film now. <laughs> Don't answer. I'll have to go back onto that one a bit later on. Uh, Watney Street Market used to be lit up with Christmas lights every Christmas Eve. Looked great. And all the homes had lights in the windows. But sadly, it's changed. You don't see, don't see anything now, says Richard. I like a good, um, I like a good tree up. It has to be said. I, I, I do, actually. I'm a bit taken by that. I like to, you know, once you've actually got it up, that is, that, that, I feel as though we've arrived at Christmas I feel I can stuff myself silly, you know, and you get out there and, and I, love, I love the whole process. I just want snow. I don't want to drive in it. I, don't, I have driven down the motorway one time. I was going down, must have been a couple of years ago, to see my godchildren. And the snow came down like a vengeance. And even with the windscreen wipers on, it was building up so badly on the car. Because I've got a really big wide uh, windscreen. Quite, quite impressively wide. And, it's, um, and, 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 and I thought to myself, I'm nearly, I might have to pull into the side of the road. We did a show at the Magic Circle one year, 
And we came outside, and Neil would tell you, and Kevin, that the snow on the top of my car, it was about a foot deep. In fact, I couldn't really see the car. We had to sweep all the snow off so I could actually open the door and get in there. It was really, it came down. We watched, we were just going into the second half of the stage show, and we looked out the back window, and somebody said, it's snowing. And uh, it's that magical moment where you catch your breath and you go, oh, it's so pretty. I mean, everybody's garden looks brilliant in the snow. It's only when the snow disappears, you realise you're living next door to a tip, which is horrible. So I, I do like the snow. I like the Christmas. And I like, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I like the, uh, the tree in Trafalgar Square. Because you know that one year we went to cut it down. I went all the way over there to Norway to cut down the tree for Trafalgar Square. And it was freezing cold over there. It was so cold. It was bitterly cold. And we did everything. We did the whole thing. The cutting down the tree, the overnight stay, everything in 24 hours. We were on a luxury coach. We stayed at a fantastic hotel. It was beautiful. It was, it was just bloody freezing. I mean, I can't tell you how cold it was. And I've been inside the Arctic Circle, and that's cold. That's wind chill factor, minus 30 we had. That's where everything freezes. And I mean everything freezes. It really does. You know, and, you, and it's just, oh, God, it's ghastly. It's got, but pretty. Very, very pretty when you actually look at it. Very nice. Apparently, if your screen freezes, says Peter, try pressing Control-Alt-Delete keys together, all three at the same time, then go to Taskmaster. I think I was watching a video called Taskmaster. Anyway, but I was, it, was, uh, it was because they were trying to explain to me how it all worked on the computer, because I like have things explained to me. And uh, so apparently, then you can select the frozen one to close. That's it. On this Task... Was it Task... I'm sorry. Taskmaster... Or was it Task Manager? That's my friend Jez. Oh, God, he was boring yesterday. I went to see Jez because, you know, he did, the, uh, he did the running in the park. Did you do the running in the park, Tom? Did you do the half marathon? What's the matter with you? Why did you not do the half marathon on Sunday? Everybody, you were here. All right. Could have run around the studio a few times. I'd have paid. And um, uh, so, so Jez did this thing. Well, God, you'd, you'd have thought he'd have run to the moon and back. Going, oh, I did this half marathon and all this kind of thing. And he did it in one hour, 50... Eight, which I thought is that okay? One fifty-eight. That's how, that's that's average, is it? Yeah, that's, that's about. What would you do it in? Tom runs as well, by the way. So would you do it in less than that? All oh, right. Tom's better than you, Jez. Sorry about that. Just would mention it to you. That'll upset him. He'll be in here now, and he's such a bad mood, which is good. And um, <laughs> he's talking about my my car at the moment, the Nissan Micra, because I reversed into a lamppost, which wasn't the cleverest thing I've ever done. <laughs> And so I've, I've had to go in to have a little, they call it a paint job, paint job. And uh, your favourite celebrity's birthday yesterday, Steve, apparently a TV presenter. Did you send a card? Um, whose birthday was it yesterday, James? Who, did, I, did I miss a birthday? Steve Coogan's tomorrow. It was Chris Tarrant's on Saturday. It's the producer. He keeps reminding me. Oh, it's my birthday next week. You know, like obviously angling for a big present. He said, what are you going to buy me? I said, well, you've got a Christmas candle coming, haven't you? What more do you want? God, honestly. It's like trying to get blood out of a stone. Uh, Jerry in Rochester. Poor soul, honestly. He says, uh, slugs and snails, why do they always come out when it rains? I'd, I'd, I've got no... I'm assuming they drink the water. I don't, I've got no idea. Patrick says, why don't you just sort of put an old method beer in a saucer? They climb in and they drown. Yeah, I think that's just cruel. Don't you think that's a little bit su- uh, sadistic? And then somebody says, are you aware, talking to Chris Tarrant, your age was revealed by yourself? I've never lied about my age. I don't need to. I'm 39. And as I say, you know, once I hit the 40, I'll be telling everybody all about it. Lynn Bushy says, my lovely husband, David, birthday today, 60. 60. And then somebody said, not Christmas stuff already. Are you serious? Of course, Christmas stuff already. It's October. 
deck the halls with boughs of holly. I used to love going round when I was in a in a youth club. That was many many years ago. It has to be said. We used to go round carol singing at Christmas, and Carol used to get really fed up with us. And uh, we sort of we'd go round there, and you'd knock on somebody's door, and then we decided that was really tedious because Christmas carol. Uh, singers don't come round anymore now. Oh, I'm late for the thing. And um, and so we used to go and stand in the town square and sing Christmas carols. And I was in the brass band. I was in the brass band. I used to play a flugelhorn. And uh, I, I thought I was quite good, actually. Provided I knew the, the tune. If I didn't know the tune, I couldn't play it. But I could do the fingering. I was very good at that. 13 minutes to five. Steve Allen on LBC. And back in the room. Uh, apparently, uh, Dave uh, said, very wicked... Talk about all these lights on bushes and stuff like that. There used to be a house down near my brother, and they had to stop it because they got queues of cars. And the whole close where they lived, all their bushes were decorated with little pea lights, they're called. So they all they all had a... a, a tr- it looked beautiful. I, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, Scott the Cabbie says, uh, What do you rate as the best magic act out there to take the wife to see? My show, New Year's Day Magic Circle. And uh, you get uh, close-up magicians... You'll probably have about three or four of those. And then a stage show as well. It's a little, little, actually, on second thoughts, I'm not even sure there's any tickets left. Pretty certain there might not be tickets left for that one. But that's New Year's Day at the Magic Circle. And that's where you, you get uh, a lot of different magicians all in one place. Uh, if you can't afford the insurance or the road rent, you can't put a car on the road. There never was or has been 14 days grace to get tax, says Eric. I know people who... I've, I've done it before in the past. Tax applied for. Well, you're not supposed to have a vehicle on the road unless it has current uh, tax. So there you go. That's it. Uh, and that's that's what the, the rule is. There is no uh, no other rule. The vehicle has got to have it to be on the road. It's as simple as that. Uh, Rob says, when Pete wins Strictly, you're going to have him on in conversation. Well, judging by the bad publicity that poor old Pizzakins is getting at the moment, um, I don't see him winning the programme. It's a family show. Family show? I think somebody else will win it. It's never been that they've had somebody all the way through. They go, oh, they're really good. I mean, look ridiculous as uh, as Captain Jack the other day. Just looked a little bit too camp, as far as I was concerned. Uh, Steve, you're not 39. You have far too much knowledge on vinyl recordings. I read a lot. Does that help? I do read a lot, actually. I, I, I do have an amazing memory for um, for sort of remembering certain things. Other things completely out the window. Other things completely out the window. I, I can never remember all sorts of things. And yet, I, ask me something about a record. We used to have a competition. My friend uh, Jez, when he's in a good mood, he, he sort of plays beat the intro with me. And so he'll sort of play, see if you know this one. And generally speaking, within about three or four seconds, I've actually got the intro. Mainly because I, I quite like that. Uh, me and Mrs. C, says Hitesh, are flying to India on Christmas Day. Anybody flown Christmas Day with British Airways? What's the service like? Uh, I should imagine the same service you get the rest of the time. I should imagine. You'll probably have a Christmas cracker or something like that to sort of enjoy yourself. I don't know if they do Christmas dinner on the planes. I don't know. Oh, was it Katie Price's birthday the other day, James? Katie, how old was she? 60? 70? 103? Difficult to tell looking at her, isn't it, really? I mean, she could be any of those ages. Could be any of them. I think age is just a state of... I haven't even bothered to ask the producer how old he is next week because I'm assuming it's something stupid like 31 or something silly like that. You know, and I go, yeah, right, whatever. You know, 31. I mean, I, I don't think 31's... Is it 31? Are you 31? Oh, right. Oh, that was that was quite a good guess. How old are you, Tom? A lot. You're four. How amazing. How does that happen? 22. 22? God, I feel even, I feel even more depressed. <laughs> 
22 and you can grow a beard at 22. How does that happen? <laughs> Have you always had a beard? What, since you were born? <laughs> Came out of the womb. Oh, look at that bushy beard. He could be Father Christmas. First one in our family. 22. How, how bad do you feel, Will, now? If he's 22. God, you must be feeling your age this morning. 31, honestly. <laughs> well, 31 next week. So at the moment, you're like 30 and three quarters or six and seven, eight or whatever it is. I don't know. Did you, do you know, I, well, I always remember what my cap size was at school. Did you have a cap at your school? Probably just me again. No, just me. We used to have a cap at school. I, when, when I went to bigger school, I had a, a little school. When I went to bigger school, I wore it to the bus stop. And then I was standing there with all these other kids in uniform and nobody was wearing one. So I quickly took it off, put it in my bag. Never saw the light of day again. I was always six and seven eighths. Funny how that's remained with me through most of my life, actually. Six and seven eighths. Uh, I will tell you the other side of the, the news. The Halloween outfits that are on sale that go up in a matter of seconds. And you should be warned about these things because uh, your children might want... You might have bought them already. And many of them are not fire retardant. And that's why I worry about it. So one of them, a light in nine seconds. They had one the other day, I think, in one of the Sunday papers. Two seconds. Literally, put a match to it. And it's very. And you go, well, where are they going to be round there? Well, Halloween, people have candles. People have candles by their front door and things like that. So you've got to be aware that these things are dangerous. And so we'll tell you which ones went up and how quickly they went up. So that if you've got one, you should really... I mean, they should be going back to the stores. The stores should be more responsible. But if you've got a child who wants to put on one of these outfits, the uh, the hard and fast rule is keep them away from naked flames. Keep them away from naked flames. Because it's just too... It's too dangerous. Far too dangerous. Uh, one here. Uh, I didn't watch Inside Out on BBC One. It was about uh, migrants coming in on coaches to a little village near Terminal 5, uh, says Liz. I didn't see it, actually. I would have been in bed by that time, I should imagine. I'll tell you what I do notice, and I said it the other day on the programme. The one thing I've noticed, now that we've opened all the, the borders, is how much these people drink. I've never known people drink so much. They stand at the bus stops drinking in the morning, in the afternoon. In fact, now we have more alcoholics wandering through Twickenham that we've ever seen in our entire life. They don't go to pubs. They buy it in, in the off-licences and places like that. And they stand there. Perhaps it's quite normal. I just suppose if you come from Eastern Europe, you have to drink, don't you? You drink because, well, there's not really much else. And uh, Steve says, Matt, I live in Dubai. And every public holiday, you can't move for Saudis who poured themselves over the border to get off their trolleys. Oh, well, and the same here, too. And the same here. It's a case of don't do what, uh, what we do, do what we say. And so this man could be flogged for having it in the boot of his car. He hadn't drunk it. There was no evidence that he had drunk it, but he had it in the boot of his car. And that apparently was the uh, was the illegal side of it. And uh, Steve, I used to live in Marylebone near the Edgeware Road, says Vincent. My local bar frequented by uh, by some very upmarket uh, Arabs and they all drank Johnny Walker Black Label. But uh, every August they went back to Saudi for Ramadan to fast for 30 days. Oh, I can tell you, in India, it's not un- unusual to have somebody delivering booze in a little in a little um, brown bag of a Friday night for the weekend. It's quite normal. It's quite normal. People don't, don't think anything about it. It's just that you can't be seen to be doing it. You can't be seen to be doing it. Uh, I went to the, uh, the Joe Loves, says Barbara. And I bought mango Thai lime. Was that the one you couldn't find? It smells nice. I've got lots. Yes, it's the it's the shower gel that I was after. The shower gel. 
But uh, I, they, they've got the body lotion. It's lovely. I love it. It even sounds exciting, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound exciting when you sort of say it's, uh, it's Thai lime over mandarin? I mean, the actual... I can't really smell it on there. But I, 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 I covered my body in it earlier on today. Hold that thought. Hold that image. And um, I, so, I, I sort of got out of the shower... And I used to drench myself in Johnson's baby powder. But to be quite honest with you, I started becoming allergic to it. And, uh, so, and, I, and I do like Johnson's baby powder. I always remember when I was little. And you sort of, you know, you're in the bathroom and your mum dries you down. I don't, I don't remember any of this, but I mean, I'm told this is how it works. And then you've, you've got the towel on and you're standing on the, on the bathroom mat. And then she literally drowns you in talcum powder. And so by the time you pull your pants on, then you get another dose of talcum powder down the front there and a load down the back. Uh, in the end, I, I, I used to love the smell of talcum powder. It's one of those smells that stayed with me. The other one I adored, calamine lotion. <gasps> calamine. We used, I used to get bitten something chronic whenever we went abroad. I don't know. Mosquitoes used to think that I think I was the local delicacy. And they would literally, I mean, it didn't even see them. I'd wake up in the morning and you'd be itching. Oh, God, it was dreadful. And, um, and so calamine lotion was a staple. And I used to put it on cotton wool and then dab it. Oh, I used to love the smell of calamine lotion. One of those things. I haven't bought any for ages. Can you still buy it? it must still be out there, mustn't it, I suppose. Perhaps I'll just buy a bottle for old time's sake. You know, and then just sort of cover my body in it, you know, just to be interesting. I do have some Johnson's baby powder in the bathroom. But as I say, I can't use it. It just gets everywhere. It's just terribly, terribly messy. It just doesn't look right. To the other side of the news, then, we'll run through these Halloween outfits on sale. And a hospital patient was left with a very nasty taste in her mouth. They served up her lunch. You won't believe this. On the plate was chicken, curry and rice. And on the same plate, summer fruit crumble. They put it all on the same plate. Perhaps nobody recognised it as summer fruit. Perhaps they thought it was some potato thing or beetroot. And so they put it all on the same plate. Curry, chicken and rice and summer fruit crumble. Now, I'm not saying, it's making my mouth water, that you can't put f- summer fruits with curry because you quite clearly can. But I'm just wondering whether or not the crumble bit goes down for it. And there's nothing to stop you doing that, is there? And sort of mixing it all up. Oh, there we go. Mixing it all up together. You not want me to go down that route? Funny mood this morning, aren't you? Hate it when he's in a funny mood. That's the trouble. They get round to birthdays, they start becoming bitter. They start going, oh, the years are passing me by. Certainly are. Uh, the £8 highlight treatment from Boots, which could cut salon treatments by hundreds of pounds. What the Queen said to the England rugby flops. I don't know why she was meeting them. Sitting's not bad for you. It's good, isn't it? We, was all, we were always told years ago, don't sit on radiators, you get piles. I don't know why they told us that at school. Anyway. Uh, theft is forcing Tesco... I don't know why I went down that road. Tesco uh, have tagged their wire baskets and don't bother with a hover. Want a portrait of, portrait of Princess Eugenie, ladies and gentlemen. News is next, though. It's LBC. On. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, 13th of October. In the papers this morning, the XMP, the latest victim of a sex abuse witch hunt. And still we're waiting for somebody to apologise to the family of Leon Britton, even though a member of his own family is in prison for sexual abuse. Yes, more on Tom Watson later on. Sitting's good for you. Thank goodness for that. I got quite worried. Uh, the woman's selling her collection of teasemaids. 
I will have to explain to some of you because the producer had never heard of a tease mate. He had to Google it to find out what it was. The ship that sank France is found buried in the mud in an English river. Ooh, this one looks very exciting. Peter Andre told to stop his sex boast. Shirley Bassey could be number one for Christmas. And a celeb blackmail for 17 grand over sex pictures. That and more between now and 6.30 this morning on LBC. We take your texts and uh, emails. Steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850. And we'll put everything in on the programme, just because we're, we're like that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, also more in the papers on the, uh, the 75-year-old man. This is Carl Andre. Who will receive, says Greg, 350 lashes for possessing homemade wine, while Saudi Arabia was recently appointed to an advisory panel at the UN Human Rights Council. I know, hilarious. Hilarious, isn't it? Seriously, public beheadings, crucifixions, you know, for crimes such as homosexuality. God, dear, honestly. Nothing like inviting the fox into the hen house, is it? Ever since the 80s, when I worked in Clubland, I've witnessed visitors to the UK flouting the laws of their homeland and the requirements of their faith. The wicked hypocrisy, he says. Yes, you're not wrong. Of course it is. It's a case of, well, we're away from home, we'll do what we want. And that's it. I think it's Saudi. They've got those bizarre rules. I mean, you wouldn't want to live there if they paid you. But they've got oodles of money. But are they happy? Who knows? Do you think members of the Saudi royal family do drink, don't drink? What do they do when they have... Banquets? Do they not? Do they not serve alcohol? I remember seeing a come dine with me once, and I had somebody on there who didn't serve alcohol, and so all they had were fruit juices. I could quite happily live on fruit juices, quite happily, melon and uh, mango and stuff like. That. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. But if there's alcohol there, I'll, I'll have a drink with uh, with the best of them. So as we come into Halloween, it's a ghastly thing that we celebrate in this country. There's no logical reason why we do it. We follow the Americans and the stores are full of Halloweens and uh, we do trick-or-treating. We do all this kind of rubbish. But it's the outfits that worry people. And you will see little children walking along the road. They tend to be little children. They tend not to be. I think once you get past the age of 10, you're not going to be doing this kind of thing. So here is one. This is uh, Tesco's Rainbow Witch. The flame caught in 12 seconds. What they did, they, they took them out there and they did it with the help of the fire brigade because there's nobody better qualified to tell you how dangerous something is. One minute, 20 seconds, the skirt had burnt off completely. That's how dangerous. You've only got to be near a naked flame. These things will go up. Uh, B&M. I don't know what B&M is, actually. B&M is that... I don't know what it is. But their Halloween neon tutu, a flame in 10 seconds, burnt through in 2 minutes 10. Bearing in mind, you put your child into these things, this thing catch light. You've got to get them out as fast as possible. Tesco's Frankenstein outfit, a, a flame in 10 seconds, the outfit left charred within 2 minutes. Sainsbury's skeleton costume, a flame in 22 seconds, burnt through in 80 seconds. You know, it's, 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 it's a bit dangerous. Matalan's Gothic Bride. A flame in 15 seconds. The item was burnt through. 1 minute 42 seconds. It goes very fast. Christie's Witch Costume via Amazon. A flame in 32 seconds. Burnt 1 minute 30. And this is after we thought Claudia Winkleman had got it all sorted out. And we went, that's fantastic. She's highlighted the danger after her own daughter was burnt very badly. But uh, some of these here... Nine seconds, as does Glitter Witch Outfit, a flame in nine seconds, totally disintegrated, 57 seconds. 
Why do these companies not check these things? Why do they not check them? I mean, this, it's, it's an outfit that is gauze and it's, it's highly flammable. It might as well be made of tissue paper. Seriously, it might as well be made of tissue paper. So just be warned when you go out there, do check, you know, that they've got a label on it that, that sort of says at least the thing is flame proof. And uh, another one here. David says, road tax, no such thing, hasn't been since the 1930s. As for driving without the road fund licence, you can drive as long as you're taking the car for the MOT. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's no chance of you getting stopped on the way going to the MOT, is there? I mean, that's a bit ridiculous. Uh, other birthdays, we're celebrating, we're celebrating Paddington today. Paddington's birthday, the time that he actually, uh, he sort of made his appearance. Sue said, I saw your luxury mince pies in Iceland. You know that last year, Iceland got the top award for their mince pies. You, you, you've got to get them quick because they went ever so quickly last year. Every time I went in there, I kept buying loads of them because they were the best ones. And um, uh, calamine lotion, freely available. But I've not seen Elements Embrocation, says Will, for a while. That sounds quite nice. Dorman Dom says, listening to your show on my 50-inch TV on digital. What about that poor ex-soldier left for dead and his life savings stolen? Yes, this was the, uh, was he 80 or something? Beaten up by a couple of... There's two people who are being questioned at the moment. I mean, they beat him to within an inch of his life. I mean, <laughs> there's no answer to, as, to, as to what you could... What punishment you could find for these people because most of the time they're off their faces on drink or drugs. And uh, see, have you noticed they're still milking the programme The Great British Bake Off? Or could it be because there was a Muslim winner? No, I thought she was the best one by far. Absol- I've spoken to everybody about it and everybody agrees exactly the same. Couldn't care less... Muslim, you know, Martian, came from outer space, couldn't care less. Her cookery was the best. It was the best. There was one particular writer who went, oh, isn't it terribly PC? They've got, you know, there'll be the gay, and then we'll have sort of this person and that person. They seem to pick somebody from every diversity, so everybody's covered, so they couldn't look at it and go, oh, wait a minute, you don't have any black people on there. Uh, do you have any Muslims? Yes, we've got Muslims. Sorry, do you have a Chinese gay person? You know, <laughs> so you can go through the whole thing. You can, you can pull stuff apart. At the end of the day, she was, she was the best cake maker there was no doubt in my mind of that. And I never even watched the programme. But when I was talking to a friend of mine who was avidly addicted to it, they all said exactly the same thing. She cooked the best. Simple as that. I mean, some of them I didn't, I didn't like at all. I thought they were just very irritating. So the fact she's Muslim, I didn't see as any, any problem at all. Listen, she could come round my place and bake cakes like that for me any time soon. She could open a cake shop. Wonderful. Robert says, uh, those you work with or friends and family started to grow their big moustaches for charity uh, ahead of November next month for November. Yeah, people growing them. Tom's, I mean, he's had a beard for ages. Not a full beard, obviously. It's a 22-year-old beard. I can't grow beards, actually. Uh, the hospital plate could have been their version of Bombay Mix, says Peter. And uh, Jackie in Ealing says, I've watched Anthea Turner on first dates. Every bit as irritating as one could imagine. Oh, she's so irritating. I mean, she, perhaps she doesn't see it. Perhaps she doesn't see it. Perhaps she doesn't, she doesn't know that she's irritating. Perhaps she thinks that's being a television presenter. Perhaps she should step back and go, that's why you're not working on the television. Because uh, she's terribly irritating. Uh, Pat says, like you, self, Steve. I love the build-up to Christmas. I bought the cards, wraps and presents. Uh, by the way, you have a small head size. Well, that was when I was very young, six and seven-eighths. I don't think it would fit now. <laughs> uh, Pete was, says Dean was very funny as Jack Sparrow and got fair scores of seven. The boy from Wanted uh, deserved his ten. Yes, everybody, even my friend of mine, she said he was very, very good. Better with the haircut, of course. Easy, to, easy way to work out Katie Price's age. Count the rings, says Peter. Yes. 
And then somebody says, I've been listening to you for four years and you've been 39 for all that period of time. Ridiculous. I don't know what you're talking about. I was th- when I started, I was a little bit younger. <laughs> I like the idea of being a little bit younger. Other stories in the papers. Peter Andre, who's decided to bore the pants off everybody. We're a bit bored with you, Pete Go away. Irritating now, very irritating. You pose for everything. You're just vain personified. You really are. And uh, we've seen all the pictures. We know about the children. You love the children. We know about M's. You love M's. And uh, he's had the worst week of his career, apparently. Really? How funny. And uh, the judge accused him of fabricating details. In fact, he called him a liar. He said, you lied. And Pete says, I told the truth in court. My fans know that. What a load of old cobblers, honestly. My fans... Well, were they there, then? Were they there? Do you, do you tell them all about this, Peter? No, it's uh, it's a lot of old hooey, I'm afraid. A lot of old hooey. But uh, Pete's convinced he has no chance of winning. Good. Well, stop posing for pictures. Go away. It's only because he's sort of flogging another album and, uh, and tour. Who goes to these things? Who goes to Peter Andre? He's 42. He takes his bizarre-looking wife with him, and she is bizarre-looking. The long hair doesn't help. To, to sort of Im- try and imagine her without the long hair. And you're imagining somebody who's wandered out of a very odd film. Very odd film. Uh, who's this? Harry Styles appears to be finally opening him out, up about his relationship with Taylor Swift. They're all going for solo careers, aren't they? But you know we've reached the end of the line when Peter Andre goes on a swing tour. Oh, blimey. Uh, what was this? Oh, the 600-year warship. 600 years it's been lying there, buried in river mud, and they found it. And there could be all sorts of things on it. Um, it was rebuilt from a large Spanish ship, which was captured, and it's called the Holy Ghost, H-O-L-I-G-O-S-T, so Holy Ghost, but Holy Holy Ghost. They reckoned that it had 102 iron spears that could penetrate armour, and it's in, it's going to be in the mud. Because it hasn't resurfaced for ages. It's going to be in the mud. This is what this is what's going to be down there. We brought the Mary Rose up. That was half in mud. And this will be exactly the same. It's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. I hope they do bring it up. And I hope it's, uh, hope it's pretty soon. And um, B&M is the best shop ever, says Jan. I love it. I go in. I don't even know what it is, actually. Your nearest one is in Hounslow next to Asda. Oh, please. <laughs> please. And uh, another one here. Um, Kevin says, celebrity blackmail for 17 grand. Have you and Teddy been messing around with a Polaroid camera again? <laughs> it's worth a thought, actually, isn't it, really? I'll tell you the story in a moment. It's, it's, a, very in, it's, it's a very interesting story of somebody who, uh, who got hold of uh, pictures of an actor and an actress and then got hold of him and said, listen, give me 17 grand. He's a blackmailer. He's a blackmailer. And uh, he's been convicted in the High Court. Not been sent to prison, which is rather strange, isn't it? He wanted £17,000. We name and shame on LBC. It's quarter past. Look at the team at breakfast from seven. As it suggested, an 87-year-old driver was killed in a crash driving the wrong way on the motorway. Are older drivers a liability? Should they be banned? Labour's deputy leader, Tom Watson, refuses to apologise over the Lord Britain claims. Is he right not to say sorry? And could an EU exit make the UK a magnet for for fugitives? We'll hear from a former top cop who thinks so. That's Nick and the team from seven this morning after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Uh, Boris Johnson's dad, Stanley, is in looking at the papers for Nick for today. I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast. We're here every morning between 4 and 6.30. We have the ow spike 
which goes on. And there's two stories, actually, two stories in the paper about actors uh, winning uh, court cases against people who are trying to blackmail. Uh, the first one is uh, a blackmailer called Desmond Fraser. Desmond Fraser's a nasty little piece of work. Uh, he tried to blackmail this as yet unnamed celebrity by threatening to sell sexually explicit photos of him and a famous woman. Uh, Desmond Fraser demanded cash after contacting the star, identified only as T through Twitter, claiming he'd already been offered more than 17000 for the images. He told the star, make me a sensible offer. A judge heard the pictures were of a sexual nature and featured a female star only identified in court as X. Sentencing Fraser, Judge Keith Cutler said, clearly the defendant had intimate photos of T and X in different positions. Security worker Fraser, hopefully not for much longer, used a fake Twitter account to contact T and reveal he had intimate photographs of T with X. Mary Aspinall Miles, prosecuting, read to the court a message in which Fraser said they're being sold and it's in your interest to get them first. Other people want them and have so far offered £17,300. He really is a nasty piece of work. Make me a sensible offer and you have my word they're yours and are erased. Instead of paying the money, quite rightly, T phoned the police. So they set up a sting and uh, Fraser was arrested at a service station on the M53. Ha, 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 ha. He comes from uh, Wallasey on Merseyside. He denied blackmail and a jury failed to reach a verdict. Yesterday he admitted attempted blackmail and was handed a 12-month suspended jail term at Winchester Crown Court. The judge praised the star whose identity is protected by an anonymity order for not giving in to attempted blackmail. He said, I did the right thing by going to the police. Uh, the intimate images must be given up and destroyed. So just remember, Desmond Fraser is the blackmailer and he works in security. Not a nice person at all. I don't know why they never sent him to prison. You'd have thought that would have been a prisonable thing. However, there's another one. There were two that appear in the papers today. One is, is that one, the blackmail, who is Desmond Fraser. And the other is uh, a leading actor who's now won a high court order banning the publication of revenge porn by his former lover. The actor referred to as J.P.H., I was, I was trying to work out whether or not there was an actor called J.P.H., but either way, uh, made a legal challenge to stop the intimate material uh, going viral after his ex, XYZ, uploaded some of the images to a website. XYZ contacted J.P.H., you following this, on Friday and threatened to post the images on social media and in magazines. XYZ also sent two explicit videos to J.P.H.'s ex-partner and posted a number of still sex images on a website. An anonymity order on both parties was made at an emergency court hearing on Saturday. Mr Justice Popplewell said the images involved were graphic and sexually explicit material of a highly sensitive personal nature. Whew, dear, honestly. Nothing like uh, somebody who's been scorned. I don't want to go out with you anymore. Right, I'm going to put nude pictures of you up on the internet. No, you're not. I'm taking you to court. Take you to court. First port of call, always go to the police. Always go to the police, get them to uh, sort it out, set up a sting if necessary. That's how they caught the uh, the other one, Mr Fraser. Uh, front page of uh, the Daily Star today, they reckon uh, that uh, Anne Robinson is on her way to the celebrity jungle after agreeing a secret big money deal. Why would she want to go to the jungle? She's got more than 50 million quid. Why would she want to go to the jungle? They say for 750,000, they don't offer anything like that. They really don't. It's uh, a ridiculous a ridiculous story. They say ITV will up their... Oh, that's right. It's just, this is a made-up story. They say here, Anne, who is famous for her cruel put-downs, says, I think the last offer 
from I'm a Celebrity was about half a million pounds. This is an old interview that they've rehashed. And so they've gone, um, OK, so now 750, so eager to get it to go down under. What for? That's only a act on the television. In real life, boring as heck. Boring as heck. Previous stars include, they say, Malcolm McLaren. He di- I'd forgotten he died, actually, Malcolm McLaren. I don't remember that one. But uh, he, he claimed he was offered 350,000. Uh, other names in the frame include Axed Hollyoaks Babe, Steph Davis. That's the one who drinks, remember. That's why they, they dropped her very quickly. Vicky Patterson, Leslie Ash, Rusty Lee and Spencer Matthews. Oh dear, poor old Spencer. Perhaps he needs the money. I don't think so. Uh, Will Meller got everybody thinking he was heading when he posted a photo of him and said in uh, Jungle Gear. And also X Factor James Arthur's been linked to the show but denies that he's going. Why would he? Why would he go? And uh, X Factor wannabe, Sean Miley Moore. I don't know who he is, actually. Really quite awful. But uh, he's, he's pictured here with, looks like Rylan. Is he great? Is he, uh, he's very camp. Oh, he's trans, is he? Trans what? Just trans. Is it, what, what's he on? Is it, he was on the X Factor, was he? Oh, he's on this season's. Oh, right. Oh, right. Good Lord. Trans is everywhere at the moment, isn't it? I think I might be trans myself. I'm a trans-Siberian. Somebody said that's craft work. No, it is the trans-Siberian. I think it's on, on YouTube. Trans-Siberian. Really, really good. Very good. Canadian band. Uh, Anthea Turner said her date was too well behaved for her. Oh, you couldn't put up with her. Oh, she'd be ghastly. Ten minutes in Anthea Turner's company. No, thank you very much indeed. Peter said, says it all, really. Uh, Sue says, saw Cliff's show at the Royal Albert Hall last night. Spectacular. Lighting was marvellous. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures, and very good they look too. Lots of sort of lasers, stuff like that, which is great. Listen, he's 75. He's 75. Uh, James says, if you had the choice, would you choose a burial in the pyramids or your ashes in space? Oh, pyramids. Pyramids. Oh, gosh, yes. I'm still like to believe. I still like to believe that uh, they found Nefertiti in Tutankhamun's tomb. I'd like to think there was a hidden door in there still that, they, that would take you into another part of the, uh, of the chambers. I'd like to think that. I would, definitely. Uh, Caroline says that your show not to be missed. Well, that's the way we look at it as well, actually. We look at it like that. Seems to work quite uh, quite well for us. And um, Rory says, I've just read one of the reviews on Amazon. I bought these Yankee candles because Steve Allen told on air they were good. I like lots of candles. Other candles are available at all prices. But I like the Joe Malone Lime, Basil and Mandarin one, which is their signature fragrance. Everybody's got a signature fragrance. They were selling um, Yankee candles, I think, on QVC yesterday. And I bought those. But I, I like the, um, the one that smells of toffee, which is absolutely gorgeous. And um, another one here. Um, curry and summer fruit crumble on the same plate. Yes, the summer... It really was. They've actually got a picture of it. Somebody, somebody took a picture of this... Uh, this curry and the crumble. But I think you could literally have, could you not, you could have crumb, could you not have sweet and savoury on the same plate? Would that not, would that not work? Would that not work? Listening from Gibraltar says Anne, supermarkets here full of Halloween costumes. It's been pouring with rain for the past few days. Did you know in Cyprus it rains a lot? I got that from watching one of those um, we want to move abroad kind of programmes. But you know they're just after the freebie holiday. Because most of these people don't, don't go anywhere near these these things. And then they go, oh, yes, we like this place a lot. Oh, right, is your place on the market? No, no, we'll have to go back. Well, it'll, it, Somebody else will buy it then, won't they? Ridiculous, honestly. Quite ridiculous. Uh, the KFC worker, um, 
who claimed he was sacked. They've said he's not. They've said he's not. The father of one was told by his manager it breached company rules because he was uh, he was wearing this um, poppy and he was cooking in the kitchen. They've said, no, you can't. It breaches health and safety. You can't wear things like that. OK, so, you know, don't be silly, boy. But uh, he says, eventually I told him he'd need to sack me because I wasn't taking it off. And at that point, he said to me, fine, just leave now. But uh, they've said, quite rightly, that the plastic and paper flower is considered to be a health and safety risk. But they've said he's not fired. These people, they do tell fibs, don't they? Do tell fibs. not fired. They've just said, you know, you cannot wear it. OK, we sell it here. You know, Boots the Chemist sell condoms, but they're not having sex behind the counter, are they? Ridiculous. Why are people so stupid? Uh, the widow of Michael Winner tried to fight off a woman burglar. This is Geraldine, who uh, is lovely. 77. I tell you, you look good for 77, Geraldine. Uh, this woman, the thuggish woman, she was uh, she was blindfolded and tied up. Warned her, I will knife you. I will kill you. Uh, she says, I th- Geraldine says, I thought I was in the safest place in London. I grabbed my kettle and tried to hit her, but she overpowered me and hit me with it. Blood everywhere. She kept shouting and demanding to know where the uh, money was. She's in a, a flat in London, uh, but she got uh, she lost an engagement ring and £500 cash. But uh, they'll have pictures out of them uh, before the weekend is out, I can promise you, because they've got lots of CCTV which is uh, which is in this particular block of flats where she is. Uh, what else do we have in the papers today? Oh, dear, some poor little lad fighting for his life after eating a grape. So I always thought if you're giving grapes to kids, A, you should peel them. Secondly, sort of cut them into little bits. And here's Prince Harry again at uh, Buckingham Palace. He doesn't actually have a job, does he? He just goes out there, puts a suit on, shakes hands, and he goes off to Mahiki. That's about all it entails nowadays. They're getting a little bit lazy, the junior members of the royal family. I think we need to, to kick some bottom, as they say. It's uh, 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6. It's Tuesday morning. It's the 13th. Phil uh, Vickery's macaroni cheese looked very nice yesterday. You see him doing macaroni cheese. He, he listens to this programme in the morning when he's fe- feeding his pigs. I didn't even know he had pigs. How many pigs have you got, Phil? He'll be out there at this time of the morning, you can just tell, actually. And police are hunting as well. It's on the LBC website. A gang of armed illegal Afghans who arrived in the back of a lorry. When I say armed, they're shooting at people. As you know, most of the people who arrive in the back of lorries are not fleeing persecution at all. They're just illegal migrants who are here to thieve and rob. Okay, that's uh, that's what one of the papers decided a short while ago. And they've got armed Afghan illegals now in the country, in Kent. So uh, be warned, they, they were chasing, they were chased across fields and they turned around and fired at the farmer and his son. Highly dangerous, highly dangerous. How they, they can actually get into the back of a lorry now and they can manage to sneak past this security. This is just ridiculous. And then Nick Ferrari is going to be talking this morning. He's going to be talking about, uh, and would an EU exit make the UK a magnet for fugitives? What do you mean a magnet? Well, they're here already. We've got paedophiles, convicted rapists who are now applying for asylum to stay in the country. One man who raped a child over here, um, got deported, changed his name, got, a, got a, a Spanish passport and came back in again and was working with children again. There's no checks on anybody. Absolutely highly dangerous, highly dangerous. Um, more people talking about... Um, oh, it's interesting, actually. Um, JK, my friend JK... 
They said, somebody stole my boss's MacBook and iPad in London. I saw that on, not that particular one, but on the telly the other day, they watched a couple of women. They, they decided to do a sting in London. It's not difficult to do because there's so many thieves. And uh, so there's a woman on her phone. She's put her bag down on the ground. And two women see it. They sort of pretend that they don't know each other. They do the whole thing. They're being filmed the whole while. And, um, and then they sort of walk past it just to have a look. And then uh, one of them wanders off, so you know, so that there's no attention drawn. The other one walks in a big round circle, manages to find another one of her friends, walk past it. In a second, she's picked up the bag, tucked it under her arm and walked off. And nobody said a word, but it was all caught on camera. And they say, you know, if you're sitting outside, and you might be today, if it's going to be a nice day, sitting having a cup of coffee, the one thing you don't leave sitting on the table is your telephone. That would be silly. You keep it in your pocket. You keep it close to you and your wallet and everything else. If you have your bag with you, make sure it's 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 within striking distance because somebody literally can just cycle past, pick it up and off, and you will never see it again because there's uh, there's far more thieves in the country at the moment, and they don't care. They don't. They absolutely don't care about you. Not particularly bothered in the slightest. So every day, people lose their bicycles. They lose, you know, their scooters. They nick things. People thieve. They go into shops. They deliberately go thieving in shops. So not at all surprised that uh, that stuff goes missing. And uh, Carol came all the way over from New York City to go and see Cliff. At the, I've got lots of uh, lots of Cliff fans who went there. And uh, another one here says, uh, "Do you think one bottle of um, <laughs> of calamine lotion, Steve, is enough to cover your entire body?" Very cruel. Very bitter. But uh, in keeping with my sort of humour. And uh, Kenny says, I'm on my way to Epping for my first delivery of the day. Oh, lovely. It's about the best best time, actually, to visit Epping, isn't it? I love Epping during the daytime. It's lovely. Very nice. Spent many, many happy days there. Uh, and Dean says, I'm about to leave work on my push bike with no little, uh, with no little than a high-vis jacket. What, you're just wearing a high-vis jacket? Lord. And uh, another one here. Um... What's this one here? Uh, fantastic, says Mark, for the en- entertainment this morning, which is quite good. Good picture of you. Strange picture of you, I think, on your uh, on your Twitter. He's an 18-year-old based in, in London, born on the 28th of May, which is quite good, actually. <laughs> I think, you know, if only we were as young ourselves, but, uh, but sadly we're not. And uh, Linda says, I heard you say something about teasmaids. Because I'm having a lovely cup of tea made by my teasmaid. Producer didn't know what a teasmaid was. I had to explain that Goblin used to make a teasmaid and it sat by the side of the bed. My Auntie Ivy, not with us anymore. Lovely person, lovely, lovely person. Really superb. All my mother's sisters were absolutely fantastic. All fantastic. And um, and she had a teasmaid. And I always remember in her bedroom, it was by the side. And the idea was that it's a clock at the front and uh, then you've got two lights either side of it, and then at the back you've got a pot where you put the water, cold water, and then on the other side is the teapot, and then presumably somewhere else you keep a cup and saucer or a mug or whatever. And the idea is at a certain time the water boils, it's on a timer, and the water comes out of the pot into the teapot, and it makes you a nice cup of tea, and then it wakes you up by gently flashing the lights and making a very nice little sound. Unfortunately, of course, the action of the water being boiled used to wake you up, you go as it squirted the water from one jug into the other. Well, this woman in the paper today, she's got loads of them. She's got absolutely loads of them. I think she's selling about, um, about 175. She's been collecting them for ages. Yeah, she's 172. 
172. Uh, she's got all sorts. One even from 1932. It's obviously a bit of an addiction here. The original tea maker was patented in 1891, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by Samuel Rowbottom. The first electric models rolled off in 1933, popularised when Goblin, the company, took it over and named it the Teas Made in 1936. It cost the equivalent of £300 today and came with two earthenware cups and saucers, a cream jug and a sugar basin in Art Deco styling. In the 60s, 300,000 were sold every year. People wanted to wake up with a, with a cup of tea and it became... But the trouble is you try lying in bed, trying to faff around with hot water. Very dangerous. By the 1970s, they'd become very unfashionable. Norma Major famously admitted her tea's made was the pride and joy in the bedroom she shared with John. That was during the time she shared the bedroom with John. The rest of the time he was sharing it with, with somebody else. Uh, the Tea's Maid enjoyed a renaissance in 2010, and a modern version can now be bought for 79.99, made by Swan. In 2013, John Lewis reported Tea's Maid sales had jumped 20% in a year. I mean, these ones, I mean, to be honest with you, if you had to get out of bed to sort out the Tea's Maid, you might as well have gone to the kitchen. It was just as quick. I mean, I've got a machine now where you don't have to wait for the water to boil, I just put a cup underneath, push the button, and it starts delivering hot water, boiling hot water, to make a cup of tea. So I don't have to wait for the thing to boil. It's ice-cold water in it, but it goes through a series of pipes, and I bought it from Coopers of Stortford. It was about 40 quid, and it just saves a bit of time. If you're making two cups of tea, it's a bit of a problem, because it doesn't do two cups. I mean, there's enough water in there to make two or three cups. Uh, TV presenter June Sarpong. I always remember, wasn't she given some award, or because she interviewed Tony Blair? There was, no, there was no substance to her. She used to go out with David Lammy. And apparently she was at the in-campaign event yesterday. The Fury, uh, the Euro Yes Vote Scaremongers. June Sarpong, they say TV presenter. TV guest, I think. I don't think she presents anything on television, does she? Unless I'm missing out on this. Uh, they say here she was recruited to help draw younger voters to the campaign. A panellist on ITV's Loose Women. She's not been on it for ages. God, I tell you, it's a bit vague, isn't it? Peter Mandelson. Uh... Uh, the former business secretary is a campaign board member, but didn't appear to be at the launch. Richard Branson uh, also didn't turn up for the launch either. Uh, Lord Rose, Karen Brady, uh, Roland Rudd, Brendan Barber, Caroline Lucas. They were there, but the other ones didn't seem to bother, actually. But June Sarpong, TV presenter on Loose Women. I mean, yesterday they had Goldie Horn on. You suddenly realise, I don't know how old Goldie Horn is. You might have to help me out. She spent all of the time playing with her hair. And then to make it really bad, they put the unfunny Patrick Kilty on. Oh, dear me. Dreadful, dreadful. Uh, 17 minutes to uh, six. Uh, Tesco in the papers today. And the reason they're in the paper is because they're going to tag their wire baskets. Because all you tight-fisted people who can't afford five pence but yet can afford to go shopping in Tesco are thieving them. So they're going to tag them. And if they find you've nicked one or a trolley, they're going to take you to court. Simple as that. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I mean, poor old Tesco are suffering as it is without people nicking things. And I believe uh, more than 500 have disappeared. This is ever since the 5p charge came. It's so hilarious that you're so tight, some of you, that you can't afford five pence. I'm not going to pay five pence. Well, some woman who went into Marks and Spencer's, they were telling me the other day, who was complaining bitterly about the five pence, but they've been charging for carrier bags for ages, ages. Five pence for a carrier bag or 10p. I always go, yesterday I bought three. I bought three 10p bags because I use them for rubbish. And I've got loads of bags. Loads here. 
anybody wants any bags, I've got loads here in this office. Every so often they have a clear out of Steve's carrier bags. I'm the only one who brings in Marks and Spencer's stuff. And um, you find them under the desks or on the desks or in the desks. They're all over the place. So if you want any, just just let me know and I'll put one in the post to you. Actually, only joking, because I know you might actually start sending that in. It would be terrible. Send me one of your things. Uh, 84850, uk. And uh, the time now is coming up to uh, quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Very funny television programme the other day, which has Brian McFadden... Uh, he's the one who used to be in a group, and now he's uh, laughingly trying to find a personality from somewhere. He's quite peculiar. And uh, he's got this programme called Who's Doing the Dishes, where they take a celebrity, and people who are having the uh, the food uh, cooked by the celebrity have to then try and work out who it is. So the other day we had that peculiar one from Made in Chelsea, who's having to go back in, Ollie Locke, because obviously cold on the outside and he's very irritated. Perhaps him in a room with Anthea Turner might be quite nice. A sort of, you know, a punishment for somebody who's done something terrible, like shoplifting. But uh, yesterday you've got people eating lunch or dinner or whatever it was who are in their 20s. And who was the guest? Bob Carroll G's and Spit the Dog. Well, they don't know who Bob Carroll G's is and Spit the Dog. I know... I know who he is, and all those people who grew up on Tiswas would know who Bob Carrollgees was, and I've had dinner with Bob Carrollgees and a load of other celebrities, including Daniela Westbrook. And um, and so Bob Carrollgees, when he sort of came in, you could see him going, who is he? They didn't know who he was. Terribly embarrassing. Uh, Prince Charles's doubts about the Chinese are well known. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> I'm sorry. And, <coughs> and again, Lord above, honestly, it's all I need. I've had the flu jab. His doubts about the Chinese are well known. He described their leaders in 97 as appalling old waxworks. Of course. But will he make the effort during their state visit here next week? He's boycotted the previous two state visits. But word says he's been ordered by his mother to make an appearance next week and not to look grumpy. Charles, you will be there. Do not look grumpy. Unfortunately, alas and grumpy and bored is his default expression. He doesn't actually have anything else, which is going to be very funny. Very, very funny indeed. Uh, so Goldie Horn was on the... Te- now, how... Oh, wait a minute. She must be worth... She, do you know that... Oh, she's 69. She's 70. She must have had some work done. Do you think so? I thought she'd had some work done. Actually, it was interesting sitting next to Colleen Nolan. She made Colleen look almost for a brief moment attractive. Uh, she's worth about 42 million. Uh, she's had two marriages break down and she said she doesn't want to do it again, but she's not married Kurt Russell. They've been together uh, for ages. He's 64. They met on the uh, 1984 film Swing Shift. She said, we've both been married before. It didn't work. So why do it again? A marriage ends up being a business deal. Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And so uh, she's had to pay money out to people because she was the one who was earning the money. But uh, she spent a lot of time playing with her hair, but she's 70. But she definitely must have had work because she looks, she almost looks the same until you realise that she's not, she can't do exactly the same expressions as she did before. But still, still very interesting to see her on the programme. I shall be finding out later why she's not booked to come in to see me for In Conversation. Uh, a pensioner, with, I love a story about a pensioner, I love a good pen. not this particular one. This is a pensioner walking with two sticks after a hip replacement, assaulted a woman shopper. Um, in a row over a bag of carrots. Apparently, Raymond Newton blocked Pamela Mann from getting to the vegetables in a branch of Morrison's. Gets better. When she reached to pick some up, he attacked her, pushing her in the chest and boxing her ears. 
Miss Mann said she'd entered the shop at the same time as Mr Newton and let him go in front of her. I was being polite and he sort of sneered at me, she told the court. I didn't think much of it. Then I went to the fresh produce and he was standing at the carrots. I went to try and get some and he blocked me with his with his trolley. <laughs> she said, I told him um, I was being polite. And he said, well, I'd advise you not to be because I'm not nice to anyone. So she then said, excuse me, could I just get to some carrots? And he said, no, you can't. I'm getting carrots. He said, you're not getting in front of me. Nobody's getting in front of me. It was all very odd. Uh, Miss Mann told the Sunderland magistrate she then reached across without touching the pensioner and picked up a bag of vegetables. That's when it kicked off. He then pushed her in the chest, hit her around both sides of her head, which she said was like having her ears boxed. She said, I was stunned. I couldn't believe this was happening. She insisted she was not trying to have a confrontation. Newton, who walks with two sticks after surgery, denied her version. He said, she said she wanted access to the carrots. I said I was looking at them. She hip-thrusted me. I staggered. It was a good job I had the trolley so I could steady myself. And then he pushed her uh, three times in the forehead, saying it was in self-defence. I mean, to be honest with you, he's been found guilty of common assault, ordered to pay her 150 quid in compensation. He was also fined 60 quid, £20 surcharge, and £600 court costs. So, I mean, all in all, he's paid six, seven fifty. He's paid about 820 quid. And they actually took it to court. I mean, it's just absolutely appalling, isn't it? Really, you're not getting the carrots. I want to get to the carrots. You're not having the carrots. They go to court. And he's now about 700 quid down on the deal. He's a very smart pensioner. But quite clearly, something made him see red that day. There's a mother of three uh, who here, Penny Morgan, who stole 300 quid's worth of shopping. She drove off with a supermarket security guard in her car boot as he tried to stop her. Penny Morgan had just loaded the car. She'd thieved all this stuff. And she got behind the wheel, reversed at Andrew Pryor, forcing him to get in the boot. He was later able to crawl out. Uh, she's an obsessive shoplifter. She just thieves. That's Penny Morgan, 42. She's got a long criminal record. She admitted dangerous driving. They've sent her to prison for two years. Best place for her, I suppose. I saw something the other day. There was somebody who got stopped in one of these police interceptor programmes. And... Um, and they found somebody who was sitting there, and uh, they say the same thing, the coppers, every time. They go, um, oh, I, I, I can smell cannabis. Is, is somebody smoking cannabis in here? It turned out the bloke who had cannabis on him, they got out and said, listen, we can deal with this by the roadside. They can do that if you've got a small amount of cannabis. Unfortunately, he didn't have a small amount of cannabis. And, uh, but they were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, saying they could deal with it by the roadside. Uh, as opposed to having to go to court. It was then that when they checked on him, they realised he'd only been in court the day before and uh, and he was out on bail. And they'd said, if you offend again, you're going to prison. So the police officer said to him, for this amount of weed, you will be going to prison again. You know, having it was only 12 hours ago when the court said you're not to, uh, to deal with this stuff again. And so he was dealing with it. Some people just don't learn, do they? They just do not learn. Do you have a sweet tooth for alcohol? I only mention it because it's in the paper today. And they say young Britons are raised on sugary energy drinks, and so they're now addicted to it. The new tipple has already, it's sort of sweet-tasting alcoholic stuff. The sales have risen by 50%. It often contains more sugar than a Coca-Cola. Did you know at one time, I must mention this, because I think it's quite interesting, that in Harrods you could buy pure cocaine for medicinal purposes. Years ago, cocaine was was sort of available in Harrods. They used to sell it. This came out of this book that I was reading the other day. You could buy, And it was pure I mean, hardly likely nowadays to find pure 
cocaine because it's cut down with so many things. That's why there's so much money in it. And that's why, you know, there's so many people who lose their lives over cocaine. And you still see them coming into airports, don't you? The drug mules. And they stand there and they're sweating. And they go, have you swallowed anything? I don't want to talk about it. Have you swallowed anything? Yes. How many? And you think, oh, God. And they come in. One of these women got caught in Australia. And she'd swallowed um, some of it. But she also had it hidden under her wig. And it was sewn in, and they, they took a photograph. They, they took her wig off, and there it was, taped to her head. That's why the wig looks stri- slightly strange. And she got sent to prison. I think it was something like eight years. Don't mess around in Australia, do they, anymore? They, uh, they decide they want to sort these things out very quickly. Oh, here's a, here's a picture in the paper of the bone idol Eugenie, Princess Eugenie. I think since she's uh, ten weeks she had a job, 25 days of it she spent on holiday because she's bone idol. And uh, here she is... In, uh, in an office for a selfie in a Somerset branch. And, uh, and the person taking it, Edward, snapped the reflection and captioned, mirror, mirror on the wall. Then he should have had, who's the idlest of them all? They're bone idle on that side of the family. Seriously, I thought it was getting bad with Eugenie and the other one. You know, and then you looked at Sarah Ferguson and Prince Andrew doesn't exactly do too much. And now we've got Harry doing as little as possible. He just goes around, shakes a few hands. He's been told to shave the beard off by Granny. He's taken no notice. They're quite clearly becoming quite arrogant. Quite arrogant. I mean, at least William does something, doesn't he? He does do something, doesn't he? William, doesn't he? Please. Uh, there's a wafer in the paper. Isn't it funny? I was talking about wafers the other day. They bring them out in... Marks and Spencers, other wafers are available, but Marks and Spencers ones are different because they do white chocolate, other chocolate is available. Uh, they do dark chocolate and they do very dark chocolate. No, they do they do white chocolate, milk chocolate and dark chocolate in Marks and Spencers in these wafers. And every year, because I'm addicted to wafers, I love wafers. Other wafers are available in other supermarkets. Aldi, Morrison's, Waitrose... Wherever you want to go to, you can buy wafers. But these ones are the best ones. Anyway, there's now a wafer that sticks to the inside of your cheek. And it could banish the need for daily insulin jabs in people with diabetes. You see, I'm kind of going on this one. I like this idea. So in other words, as opposed to having to inject yourself, and I've had dreadful experiences with injecting. Uh, over the, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a bit better. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit better at doing it. But I can still manage sometimes. It hurts. I know that they go, just stab quickly. You go, ow, but it hurts. And sometimes, you know, you sort of squeeze the insulin in. Sorry if you're a bit, <laughs> a bit squeamish this morning. And, and you sort of get a little bubble in the skin. You've got to wait for it to go down a little bit. And sometimes it does hurt. And so for the first time I was injecting all those years ago, I, I came away bruised to pieces. Bruised to pieces. I got worse and worse and worse. But I'm, I'm very good now. I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm getting a bit better. We've sort of adjusted the needle size and, and, uh, and I'm sort of I'm trying to be brave, Bunny, but some days you just think, oh, God, this is going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt. Weather for today. Shall I tell you the weather? Let me tell you the weather. Uh, chance of... Sh- oh, there we go. Chance of showers with sunny spells. I can't get the coats right this time of the morning. My friend Toby was saying earlier on how um, he, he's coming in in the dark and going home in the dark. I said, well, that's the trouble with winter in this country. Uh, good deal of dry weather, some sunshine. The odd sharp shower occurring... Uh, mainly later on, it'll feel cold in a brisk northeasterly wind. It is cold. Not as cold as it was yesterday morning, but cold nevertheless. Tonight, the showers will continue throughout the night. Uh, minimum temperature, 8 degrees. Today, it should reach 13 degrees, 55 degrees Fahrenheit. It's not good, is it? It's not particular, But it's OK. Oh, there we are. Look at this. Honestly, I turn over the page. I bruise easily. Should I be worried? Because I, br- I walk into things. 
I seriously walk into things. I fall over things. I'm becoming terribly clumsy. And, and I bruise. I mean, sometimes, you know, I look at my legs and where did that bruise come from? And so they, they answer all your medical questions, which I quite like in the mail. But, but you can become a little bit of a hypochondriac, can't you? You start, you've got an ache and a pain. You remember last week I was getting chest pains and it turned out it was the way I'd been sleeping. I'd sort of slept in a peculiar position and that gave me pains. Uh, an ex-MP. This story is on the front of the Daily Mail today. We'll talk about it in a moment. The latest victim of the sex abuse witch hunt. You won't believe the allegations made against this person who's come forward and said, listen, you know, let's, let's put this in into context, shall we? Uh, sitting is not bad for you. The £12 million wiki farce. Yes, Assange, they've now decided after all these years and it cost a cost of £12 million quid. Still going to be keeping an eye on him, but uh, they're taking the police away from him. Don't bother with a hover or one of those other things that you stand on. Uh, the police have said if you use them on the pavement or the road, they will target you. It's been made illegal from today. And uh, Peter Andre, stop boasting about sex. LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen. On LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 13th of October. We're sort of heading into winter, aren't we? They say we are because the swans have arrived back, and that's the indicator that winter is very soon upon us, and it's quite chilly out there this morning. What did the Queen say to England's rugby flops? Nothing, really. Not a lot. Uh, the £12 million wiki farce. We've decided to withdraw the police. It's cost millions and millions and has achieved nothing. Uh, the thefts forced Tesco to tag their wire baskets. Police told to record hate crimes against Muslims separately. The typical post-scam victim is 74 and loses on average about £1,200. Shirley Bassey could be back in the charts and uh, jailed the carer who nicked treasures off Fred Astaire's goddaughter. We like reporting things like that. And the Briton facing 350 lashes in Saudi because he had some homemade wine in the boot. Now, whichever way you look at their human rights record, it's appalling. They still do beheadings, crucifixions, everything. How they could ever call themselves civilised, God alone knows. And done in the name of religion, surprisingly. Dear me, I tell you, it's so much easier, isn't it, over here? We don't, we don't carry out these barbaric acts. This man... Quite clearly must have known what the law was. The law is you do not have alcohol. It's all right for loads of people from Saudi to come over here and sit in the Edgware Road boozing it up and things like that. But woe betide if you do it back home. They have uh, very short, sharp shock treatment, which involves, if you're gay, being beheaded. So uh, you don't go there and start mincing down the street. But 350 lashes, the family set, could kill him. They've appealed to David Cameron. It'll be interesting to see what David Cameron's going to do about this one. The dangerous Halloween outfits. They're in a lot of the papers today. You really must check if you're buying them uh, for your kids, and you will probably be buying them for your children because they like to put them on. I don't know why we do Halloween. I've really got no idea. And, and the trick-or-treating and all that kind of malarkey. But people do do it. People do do it, and they, they, seem to, uh, they seem to enjoy it. But it's the fact that if you go anywhere near naked flames with some of these outfits, they can go up in a matter of seconds. I think we found one over the weekend when the fire brigade tested it. It was something like in two seconds, this thing was ablaze, and they melt. So, you know, if you're going to put your kids in them, keep them well away from candles which some people do have outside their houses. I know it's not as common as you might think, but uh, that's what Claudia Winkleman thought when her kitty went off to a party and they had a lit candle. You can buy lots of little fake candles that just flicker. I've got some very good ones at home. Uh, sat sitting outside a bar in London, says June. 
and a lowlife on a bike grabbed my handbag from the pavement. Unfortunately for him, I always wrapped the strap twice around and threw the chair leg. His action ripped him from his push bike and he was hurt. The ambulance crew were not very gentle with him. Chipped hip and broken arm. Oh, shame. Karma, isn't it, really? I think they, they call it. I, I, I only warn you in London, and it's not just London. This takes place across the whole country. There are people now who think it's quite all right to come and steal property that doesn't belong to them. They don't really care if we've got migrants sneaking in now who are armed, armed with pistols and guns. You better start worrying because uh, the other day, and I think it's on the uh, uh, LBC website, they were firing at a farmer and his son. Firing at a farmer and his son. Where do you get things like that? And these are supposed to be people who are escaping tyranny. But of course, as we now know, 99% of them aren't. They're coming here to thieve. And that's why you've got to be very careful. Now they're bringing guns. There's also a greedy carer who plundered cash and showbiz memorabilia from the goddaughter of Fred Astaire, who's 102. Uh, £49,000. This is Marva Damily, who stole £8,000 from Eileen Patterson's bank accounts and continued to withdraw. There's a picture of Damily and her husband, Banton. And um, really, I mean, what a thieving so-and-so. And And, uh, she stole it for three months after Fred Astaire's goddaughter had died. And then she took... 41,000 from Mrs Patterson's neighbour in a council-run sheltered accommodation in central London. The money went on a luxury lifestyle. I'm glad we've thrown you in prison, dear. I'm glad. Uh, Damily was the sole carer for Mrs Patterson, who's been in upstairs, downstairs, danced at Sadler's Wells. And um, this Mr Trinder, who died early this year, he was 95. He'd been living on 50 quid a week after this woman, Damily, left him penniless. She admitted three counts of fraud. Her husband admitted possessing criminal property. What a vile pair. What a vile pair. And um, despite living on benefits, he had an Audi TT. Do you know, honestly, if I was running the benefits system in this country, things would be a lot different, let me tell you. I'd be cutting this man's benefits. What is it? Perfectly able to thieve from somebody and drive a nice new Audi. And you're on benefits. Take it away straight away. Straight away. And... um, Anyway, uh, he's given him six months jail suspended for a year plus 150 hours of unpaid work and uh, and the other woman sent to prison for three years. Not long enough. 20 years would have been about right as far as I'm concerned. That's what I'd have done. Triple. We were talking the other day about uh, the uh, abuse of disabled badges which takes place all the time now. And there's a bloke selling flowers in London parks his white van right next to his flower stall uh, managed to pick up big heavy things of flowers and everything else and move them walks quite effortlessly absolutely fine got a disabled badge there disabled badge unbelievable i must point it out to the police actually and uh, actually woken up to here uh, you this morning still under the duvet we're on snow watch say angela and bob in pratt's bottom generally speaking we get the first snow out there and we generally get the first pictures because i think we should be somebody sent me a tweet yesterday saying steve i think snow is on the way well it will be in some parts of the country won't it which uh, i i quite like as i know did i hear says little julie the luxury mince pies are back in iceland i couldn't get a single box last year although i did get a peter andre christmas cd <laughs> Yes, the luxury mince pies. They won the taste test. Do you remember? One of the leading newspapers did a taste test and they discovered that Iceland... So, of course, I was out there immediately. I was buying up Iceland's luxury mince pies. I wish I'd not mention it because you'll all be out there now and there won't be any left for me. So it's the Walker's mince pies, which have got the whiskey in, which are particularly nice with, with a dollop of cream or some custard. 
That's quite nice as well. Every time I talk about food, a friend of mine, Graham, he says, don't talk about food in the morning. He says, it always makes me hungry. As it makes me hungry talking about it as well. But the, I, I'd forgotten about the Iceland luxury mince pies. But uh, but uh, very nice they were too. I think this year I'm going to bring squirty cream in because I'm working Christmas Day. Did I mention Christmas Day? I did mention, I'm sure I mentioned Christmas Day to you, that I'm here between 7 and 10. This is where we shall uh, we shall sort out life and the meaning of it and all those problems like have we defrosted the turkey? Have we remembered to buy sprouts? You know, have we? No, we haven't remembered any of this. And it's an opportunity, we always say, to sort of wish friends and family across the country uh, a Merry Christmas. So we'll do that on Christmas Day and uh, we'll just have a nice time. Just a, a nice time. Maybe we can open presents together. I, of course, won't be having any presents because I don't know why I'm that age now. They don't bother with presents when you get to a certain age. <laughs> they don't bother. They go, oh, there's no point. And I actually, I have to be honest, I'm actually quite, quite good, you know, in sort of saying, listen, I don't actually need anything. I don't need anything. I, I like buying presents. I'm not very good at receiving presents. Uh, Peter said, what did the Queen say to the England rugby team? Try, try and try again. Good gag, good gag. Uh, Tina in Bishop Stortford. Surely if you go to Saudi Arabia, you know the laws and how they punish people. It amazes me how stupid people can be. Don't break the law and you're okay. Yes, I said that earlier. You know, you know what their tolerance to booze is and it's low. They come over here and drink it because they're out the country and nobody sees them. But uh, woe betide you if you're caught there and he was caught with homemade booze. Even worse, running a still. And, um, you know, over there... 350 lashes for just having booze in the car. Over here, firing a gun at somebody when you're an illegal immigrant. Oh, we'll give you a holiday and a house and a car, shall we? You know, that's how it works. We are so soft on crime over here. So somebody thieves from somebody. It's, uh, you know, you sort of think, you know that they're not going to be sent to prison. People do the most horrendous crimes. They go, uh, well, we've actually decided to give them a suspended sentence. Saudi Arabia, a couple of bottles of booze in the back of your car, 350 lashes. Not three, not ten, not thirty. 350. He's 74. Admittedly, as all of you are saying now, you don't seem to have much sympathy for him because you say, listen, if you know the law... In a country, I would think that people would check. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I would assume there's not exactly any bars in Saudi that I can think of off the top of my head. So, you know, if you break the law in a country, like if you go to certain countries, they have zero tolerance with drugs. And if people get caught, they execute. You know, don't want to be executed. Don't take the drugs in. You know, I'm sick to death of drug mules and people go, oh, I was coerced into doing it. I'm not interested. You were caught with something. You know, if something like that happens, you go straight to the police and say, this person made me do it. Like the case we had earlier on with the uh, very famous actor who was being blackmailed over some pornographic pictures that he'd had taken with his girlfriend. They'd taken pictures of themselves. Somebody got hold of them and he blackmailed him for 17,000. What did the bloke do? Didn't pay 17,000. Went straight to the police and the police set up a sting and they caught the man. But again, they've not sent him to prison. I'd have had him in prison so fast. Literally. I think we need to build more prisons. More pr- We're so soft on crime here. You can attack. Look at that poor man in his bed at the moment, in hospital, beaten to within an inch of his life. And they're, they're questioning two 19-year-olds at the moment. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, nine out of ten times they go, oh, they were high on drugs. I'm sorry, I've got zero tolerance to drugs. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. 
Morning, everybody. 20 minutes past six is the time. Front page of the Daily Mail. The ex-MP, I'm the latest victim of a sex abuse witch hunt. This is a former MP who was questioned by detectives for three hours over claims, wait for this one, that he raped girls as young as six while uniformed police kept watch. What? Uniformed police officers stood round while he raped a six-year-old. What? I mean, it's so it's so fantastic. You can't believe it. Anyway, this girl, who's uh, who's waived her right to anonymity, alleges she was molested in Woods in Staffordshire, and at Dolphin Square in London. The XMP says he's never even met this person. So in other words, he rapes her in some woods. She claims. And there's, uh, and there's uniformed police officers standing around to make sure nobody interferes. Oh, for God's sake, I mean, do me a favour. I mean, even my, you know, fantastic mind cannot cope with something like that. He's married. He's married. And, and he wants to know why these people are allowed to say these things. Because you have to assume, in many of the cases, some of them might be telling the truth. Some of them, I find it a little bit far-fetched. We've now, we've now dismissed, I think, practically out of hand, the one who claimed that he saw people being murdered in Dolphin Square. I mean, we have to accept the fact there are some pretty sick people out there. There are some sick people who fantasise, who can have auto-suggestion put in their mind, and they start believing things like that. Uh, there's also the, uh, the 999 calls. There's a whole page, you've got to read it, because it's really great, about people who, uh, the police have to log far-fetched calls. Remember somebody dialed 999 last year, Why? Their Chinese takeaway hadn't turned up. They've got even more fantastic ones, even more fantastic ones, which is a case of one particular uh, woman phoned up a mother and she said her daughter had had an argument with her, had taken a squirt of her perfume and then run out of the house. So the police had to log it as a crime because they said, um, well, we can't actually prove whether she did take a squirt of this perfume. You can't believe somebody would actually waste police time on that, can you? But there was one here, a male student, obviously a bit of a delicate flower, calling the police to complain a young woman had shouted, Eah! in his face outside Sainsbury's. He told the handler that he would like her found and a penalty notice given to her. The incident was, was recorded as a public order offence. I mean, it's, it's somebody here, a caller to... I've got to read you this one because this is the most far-fetched ever. These are people who call 999. You wonder why we're sort of losing the plot. A caller to Kent Police wanted to report a theft from a difference. And uh, so he called. The call handler asked when the theft occurred. He said, I'm not sure because I haven't been able to check on him for about five hours. I went out about five minutes ago for a fag and he's gone. Could be in the last five hours. So the police said, who's gone? Sorry, caller. My snowman. Police, right. Your snowman's been stolen. Caller, yeah. Police, and what do you actually mean? A snowman... Made out of snow or an ornament? Caller. No, he's made out of snow. I made him myself. I'm not being funny. I know it's only a snowman, but I thought it'd be fine. What with it being icy? People wouldn't be waking, walking up and down the road. You don't expect somebody to nick your snowman. Know what I mean? Can you, th- th- these people vote. It's scary, isn't it, really? Uh, front of the papers. Oh, it's Helen Mirren. Oh, don't call me attractive. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. But uh, as she's the face of a cosmetics company, I'm assuming she obviously thinks she must be attractive at all. Now she's an inspiration to women. It's another one of these quasi companies who want a bit of publicity for themselves. And so they've said she's an inspiration to women. And so is J.K. Rowling. Why? Why, why would they be an inspiration to women? There's far, far more qualified, but Mother Teresa would be an inspiration to women. But I suppose because she's dead, it doesn't really count, does it? Uh, I fought off woman raider with a kettle, says uh, Geraldine Winner, attacked at her flat, the Daily Mirror. Britain's smallest bride and her biggest day. She's a little person. 
Little person. Six million workers below the living wage, they tell you. Peter Andre, stop about your sex boast. This goes back to the court case where he was branded a liar by the judge. The, uh, the Daily Star, the Queen of Mean Anne in the Celebrity Jungle. I would be very surprised. Why on earth would Anne Robinson, with a fortune of 50 million, want to go in there and have to do anything like that with a bunch of uh, no-hopers? And believe you me, I mean, they're really having to scrape the barrel this year. Uh, Brit 74 faces 350 lashes. No doubt everybody will be uh, talking about that. Uh, they lie them on the ground and then two people beat them. I don't know whether they're, they're beating them to within an inch of it. I really don't understand what it is. I don't know how painful it is. It looks pretty painful. But uh, he had booze in the back of his car. And he shouldn't have had booze in the back of his car because they're dry and they don't want people to have it. 350 seems a little bit excessive. Uh, the Times, Chris Robshaw, captain of the England team, laughing. Oh, well, bully for you, mate. I'm glad you thought it was funny that you lost. With, uh, with Prince Harry also laughing. Oh, hilarious. Oh, hilarious. Yes, we can't even play rugby anymore. Not so good, is it? And uh, Prince Harry, who, well, what does he do for a living? Not a lot. He just turns up to, uh, to sort of ceremonies. And, uh, and the Queen, with a, with a, a picture there of the, uh, the Webb Ellis Cup. And that's about as close as they're ever going to get to it. Swan heralds a long winter. A long winter. So, in other words, the swans arrive and they say it's going to be a long winter. And uh, round-the-clock guard for the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, ended after its costly taxpayer £12 million. My God, you could have got so many more people. So many more. <laughs> You're going to wear it. <laughs> I found these with pride, bless you. I found these badges we had made donkeys years ago. At <laughs> and, um, and I brought some in for my friend Chris because I thought he'd like them. And so I brought in a little... Sl- you don't need a mirror. But they are, they've all got different things. I found one as well of those those badges with um, a bottle opener on the back of it. Would you like one of those? I'll bring that in tomorrow for you. Pound each, OK? Just like to do a check or something like that. would be fine. I'm not getting them for free, I tell you. I've only got about 300 left. Uh, <laughs> no, I've only got a few of these badges left. Listen, that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven, it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. And we'll be back again tomorrow morning. Go to the LBC website if you want to learn about the podcasting. And uh, you can check out everybody else's free podcasts as well. Coming up next on LBC, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC.